dedicated to exploring real-life leadership in the Warrant Officer cohort and tackling the problems faced in large-scale combat operations and multi-domain operations. And now, here's your host. Welcome to the Cohort W Podcast from the Warrant Officer Historical Foundation in Herndon, Virginia. I am Dr. Russ Hauser, an active duty Chief Warrant Officer 4 and Bandmaster, the U.S. Army Warrant Officer Career College Communications and Management Systems Department Chair, and the 2021 Warrant Officer Historical Foundation Fellowship Selectee. Before continuing, I would like to wish a belated happy birthday to the Army and say thanks to the United States Army Band for their performance of the Army song heard at the top of this podcast. Over the past two months, my four incredible guests, Aaron Sargent, Alicia Sexton, Andrew Seaman, and Raphael Johnson, discussed their practical work as company-grade and field-grade warrant officers. These professionals look through the lens of doctrine to discuss the relevance and importance of warrant officers on the current and emerging battlefield. Their interviews have been heard around the world in countries such as Brazil, Egypt, India, Japan, and Luxembourg. I would also like to thank our domestic audiences in places like Centennial, Colorado, Columbus, Ohio, Dallas, Texas, Birmingham, Alabama, Independence, Kansas, Lake Stevens, Washington, Westchester, Pennsylvania, Stoneham, Massachusetts, Ponce, Puerto Rico, and special thanks to those listeners in my first duty assignment at Fort Hamilton, New York. Thank you very much for listening, and now, on to the show. Hello! In today's episode, my incredibly excellent guest shares some personal and professional experiences as a Chemical Corps Warrant Officer. Then we will examine how those experiences contribute to meeting doctrinal requirements for the Chemical Corps. All Cohort W guests were recommended by senior warrant officers in their branch. Today, I am joined by Chemical Corps Warrant Officer CW3 Dante Wins. Thank you so much for your time today, Dante. Can you share with the audience a little bit about yourself, please? Yes, absolutely. My name is Dante Wins. I joined the Army in Oklahoma City. So that's kind of where I I call home. I've been in the Army for almost 18 years and have various homes, if you will. So I was part of the third year group of the Chemical Corps Warrant Officers, trailblazing the way for our cohort. Chemical Corps Warrant Officers are still relatively new. Can you tell me a little bit more? The Chemical Corps looked at a challenge that we had, and it was regular line officers being branch detailed. They were losing a lot of good, talented officers. So one of the remedies of that was, let's let's make some warrant officers. So we started out in ADA, FA, and MI battalions. I was in MI battalions for a couple of years before we went over to Seaburn battalions. 
We started out in 2011. May 11th, 2011 was their graduation date. And I came exactly two years after them. The great thing about being a young branch, you get to really, really get after what you do within your cohort. W3 really get to shape how the Army utilizes us. There's a lot of trial and error. I was the second warrant officer instructor with the task of developing a POI for warrant officer basic course and a warrant officer advanced course. And we didn't even have a training developer that was a warrant officer. We didn't have graduates of the course that were training developers. That role definitely fell on myself and and my colleagues uh, at the schoolhouse. And so we had a challenge there. We went to a conference at Fort Leavenworth, and it was basically all the Captain Career Course instructors and Advanced Course instructors. Our senior warrant officer cohort, uh, like Mr. Hauser, definitely helped us mature. And we're not totally mature yet, but we have to lean on our senior warrant officer uh, brother and sisters that are out there. You are building the airplane while flying it because you are a new branch and in this unique position. You have had to learn doctrine a lot earlier than maybe many of your peers have had to because you've had to build those structures and those resources along the way to train who's coming after you as well as yourself. I mean, that's an incredible challenge. And it was a pleasure to meet you three years ago when we were both working on WOAC. I'm glad that you found success in that and have been able to move on and capitalize on that and are giving back to the cohort. And that's great to see. So I want to move on. Tell me your MOS and your MOS title and your current duty position, please. I'm a 740 Alpha, which is a Seaburn Tech. I am currently stationed at Fort Bliss as the 1st Armored Division uh, Seaburn Tech. Now, I'm in transition following Woley. I will take a senior warrant officer position at the 22nd Seaburn Battalion. And we got an outstanding warrant officer there that's blazing the trail for us and and, and Jess Ortiz. So I have big shoes to fill, but I, I think that I'm up to the challenge. Can you tell me what your daily work in garrison and in the field and training and deployment was like? My very first year, the division deployed and I was going to deploy with them. However, they thought we still got all these brigades back here. We need you to help train, equip those brigades. So my first day on the job, I went to PT and I was told we need to solve an African swine flu mission for a brigade combat team. I I didn't even know what African swine flu was, but I'm a technician and I'm going to get after that. So I am really studying. Now I have to put it into practice. Training that we've had as Seaburn warrant officers and the training that I provided to other Seaburn warrant officers. And at 0930, I had to brief the CG. The next project was ensuring readiness with maintenance and ensuring readiness with technical training over the division. Basically, I have six brigades. How how do we train those guys? How do we equip them? And the sustainment brigade, they were deployed all over the place, pushing units out. We had uh, one of our combat brigades in Korea. We had one going out the door to CENTCOM. And then they got to change their mission while they're in the air because of COVID to go to CENTCOM. And both those brigades successfully completed that. And now we have a brigade in Korea. Quite a lot of moving pieces. And my job was to train and equip, help those guys out. Uh, It leads me to my last point, COVID. Myself and the engineer warrant, Sam's planners, and a couple of other people collaborated with the hospital. Our first task was to develop a hospital expansion plan with the assets that we had. Every facility was a viable target. My job was to create layers of protection so we don't spread the virus. 
engineer was planning the actual hospital layout. We had to basically say, hey, we have 106 beneficiary, 106,000 beneficiaries. If everybody gets COVID, how do we protect the population? So quite a big task. I felt like I was part of the solution. Some a couple of things that I do on day to day, sir. That's amazing to hear about. That's a huge variety too. Obviously, ERN, the chemical, the biological, and the nuclear, you, you could be tasked for anything. The hospital out of Fort Bliss is brand new, and I remember it being huge when they were building it. So you had to make that even bigger. Is that correct? So the hospital hasn't even opened yet. They're moving this month. We went to gyms, the um, National Guard, Armory. We went over Fort Bliss looking for places. Amazing. So uh, I want to take that work you're talking about and spin that into the warfighting function. Definitely protection. That first year that I was talking about was definitely protection, a little bit of command and control. If you look at some of the uh, key collective tasks, we get into some of the um, the command and control with our Jim and Jay Warren movement and maneuver with our reconnaissance assets. We touch all the warfighting. We add to the warfighting functions. And the warrant officers are a force multiplier because we have knowledge in all that. You know, our lows, they're looking at it very macro and we're really getting into the micro piece. It's understanding if there's a mass training, what is the uh, particulate that can come through that mass before somebody's contaminated or somebody is exposed to that chemical agent? What's the difference between a screen with the NBCRV and a guard or a cover? When do we do that? When do we embed them from the BSB into the CAV squadron? I used to get, go down to down to the battalion level and talk to those battalion commanders how to employ those assets. Assess, protect, and mitigate is our competencies, our, our components. So how do we touch all three of those? That's super important. Definitely that protection and that information of those commanders from making decisions is hugely important. Do you touch any of the other warfighting functions? That's a great question. First Armored Division just came out of Warfighter 2104. Went through all CPXs and the Warfighting exercise. We developed our POY with targeting in mind. So non-lethal fires as well as, as intel. So I actually went to Fort Huachuca a few times to really get after synchronizing our efforts when I got to the division, I found it very difficult with all the things that I was doing to get into the targeting, the targeting working board. Yes, we should be there. My experience says, no, I didn't get very much involved. If I could go back and look at it, I would split my time up a little bit better with the uh, fires warfighting function. Sure. It's just great to hear that this young core is affecting so many of the warfighting functions and doing that with this clear idea of purpose. That's great to hear. Can you spin that up into uh, the large-scale combat operations and what impact the chemical core war officer has on large-scale combat operations, please? My job is to protect the force. So how do I foresee stuff on the battlefield happening so we could get into the enemy's decision cycle and then really get after providing commanders time and space to fight the enemy at the time and place of their choosing? I'm really looking at where are our vulnerability areas? How do we mitigate those areas? 
before we used to do decontamination, we used to do avoid, and we used to protect. Now we do uh, assess. We look at the, the joint continuum of how battle works. We're really getting after shaping operations early. As we're assessing the problem, let's just say it's a bridge. And we know that they were going to put chemical warfare agents on a bridge. Or we might know that Intel tells us that they have the ability to create some type of biological agent. How do I get in front of that? That is the that's where I spend probably about 50 percent of my time is really getting in front of the assess part. The protect and mitigate part, if I do my assessment right, we don't have to get them off gear because we will defeat the enemy at pace that we want to inflict on. And then we go into protection, putting on mop gear, making sure that you stay out of a, a contaminated area. If you have to go through that contaminated area, you get operational decon and then thorough decon and eventually clearance decon. I look at can we weather it? Do we use dry decon? Do we use wet decon? All those aspects. And then furthermore, mitigation, arraying assets and all that. I don't like to leave unfinished business, but I know your time is valuable. Part two of Chief Wynn's outstanding interview will be published next Tuesday. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Happy birthday, Army. Cohort. W. W.